You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hey guys, welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. First half of today's episode, a Seven Fates Chaco recap for episodes 4, 5, and 6, Second half, miscellaneous, rapid-fire headline roundup. Let's just dive right into it, starting off talking about some Instagram posts from the Seven Fates Chaco official account that I think will be worth revisiting later. One is a warning message about these tigers, how they hide in fog or they hide in shadows, how they heal rapidly, they can quickly spot the kryptonite of their opponent, and that they cannot be wounded without using very specific weapons. Just any weapon won't do the trick. Then there's a post with an emergency phone alert, dated May 20th at 22 o'clock, that says in part, quote, Entry to District 3 has been detected. Warning to alert entering danger zones. Appearance of high-profile bums frequently spotted. Similar appearance to humans frequently use hypnosis. Traveling in groups or in pairs is highly advised. And then there is the post that shows three road signs. One mentions District 4, which says Hospital Central Park on it. The District 5 sign says Bounty Bank Museum. And then there's the road sign for City Hall. Alright, again, keep all this in the back of your head. If you didn't write anything down, I got you. I'll resurface those comments later. But today let's dive into new episode recaps. Here is my breakdown of episode 4. I really appreciate the violent and graphic content warning, and I'll give the same warning to you now. There is some intense fighting, blood, weaponry in these next two chapters that I'll be talking about. And you may be like, it's just a drawing, but maybe to you, maybe not to someone else. So leave them alone. And also, I will say, wow, the illustrators for this comic, really incredible. Really beautiful, but vivid, intense, striking, memorable, and I repeat, vivid illustrations here. If you recall, we left off last time where Dogeon had just arrived on this scene looking really fly for a cartoon character. That coat, those glasses, please. And he just like the ultimate cool supervillain shows up to this fight, literally brings a gun to a knife fight, obviously wins, and then slowly is like, my work here is done, strolls away, suitcase in hand, past a black cat. It's really quite the illustration. He enters this room where his roommates are currently, including Kyunsu, who says, Dogia, you shouldn't have gone out tonight. Tomorrow's our day out to finish the job. Plus, it's your birthday. Want to do anything special? Dogian at first is like brushing him off like whatever, and no, I don't care, it's just another day on the calendar. But his attention turns to a family portrait. He suddenly changes his mind and says, you know what? Not that I want to party or anything, but I don't want to do the finishing the job tomorrow. Maybe not ever. Feels very high stakes that apparently the plan was to rob this armored truck. And he's like, that is too irreversible, reputation-wise, damage-wise, too risky. Will snowball into a legacy you don't want to have, a world of crime you don't want to enter. Let's just live normal lives for now. 
He thinks the issue's settled, but Kyunsu secretly messages this girl named Gahyun to say, hey, Dogian doesn't know about this, but we should sneak out and do the mission tomorrow anyway. Gahyun's like, yes, I'm on board. He always takes care of us. Let's do something nice for him, which I think was not meant to sound so ominous, but to me totally did. This guy Minshul enters the chat as well, expressing his support for this plan, and they go out secretly the next day to a scene full of destruction, rubble, a damaged car on fire, surrounded by tigers, lots of gross close-up images of them chewing on severed limbs and stuff. There's this line that I think is really ignorant or just really confusing. When someone asks, aren't those the creatures from the news? I can't believe they're actually not human. Which makes me wonder, what did you expect? Newscasters to be dressed up as the boom? I don't know. They really are regretting this decision now, intimidated by the look of these boom. The illustrations, once again, really heighten the drama really well done because the perspective shift the angle of the next set of pictures shows they look no taller, probably actually a little shorter, than the bone kneecaps. So they scream and run for the hills. We don't see how, but Dogian finds out they went out anyway, so he goes to rescue them. This whole scene has big sibling energy, like when an older sibling says don't do that, you'll get in trouble, then I'll have to bail you out, and the sibling does it anyway, so they just sigh heavily and go rescue you. And the younger sibling tries to act all cute as they apologize. And Kyunsu texts, quote, Dogian, I'm sorry for backing out of my word. Leave this job to us. We want to be of help one last time. And then he sends a bear emoji doing a thumbs up. Dogian shows up again with the fly a superhero supervillain ensemble. And he's riding this motorcycle with big purple accents. Color purple, very nice touch. Dogian shows up and sees that Gahyun is lying on the ground, says something's wrong, she can't move. She ends up dying. There was really nothing at that point Dogian could have done to save her. There's this monologue playing as Dogian sees images of a different version of himself. This clean-cut, professionally-dressed office worker. As the monologue says, quote, Should have lived a clean life for all of you. I should have told you to put a stop to this shady life before it was too late. If I did, my birthday would have turned out differently. Forgive me for being a fool. Unquote. Another A-plus job by the illustrators, where it shows Dogian both dripping blood from cuts, but also crying blood, which is an interesting touch. Not sure if that's supposed to allude to an immortal status or something, but it makes for a dramatic illustration at least. Dogian has that moment of sentimentality, of wondering what could have been, before he pivots, jumps back into action, uses this big bionic glove of sorts, shoots out lasers, and goes on the attack against these boom. And he's so smart, he hides bullets in his mouth. So the boom look really confident when they see he ran out of ammo. And they're like, lol, you thought you could take us and you don't even have the ammo to try until they see beneath his tongue the bolts he was hiding. The angle kind of zooms out to get a wider view of the scene, which is interesting because now the angle seems to show Dogian a similar size to the bomb. Now like the others who only reached up to their knees, Dogian is pretty equal. Again, just because of the angle of the image, that's how it was made to look. They both take a moment to kind of stare down at a rock. I would assume that was a nod to Haru being there, back in rock form, but just my guess. These two creepy looking blonde dudes with eye sockets that are just pitch black. 
No pupils, no whites of their eyes, none of that. Bolti and Maro show up. Dogian ends up shooting Bolti, and one of the bombs seems to, I think, transform into a human. There's a lot of fighting happening. It can be kind of hard to keep track of which bomb is doing what, but it looked like to me a bomb turned into a human, has the gold bullet in his mouth, just like Dogian thought he had a clever trick of hiding the bullets under his tongue. Turns out this bomb already knew that trick. So maybe he was playing along to surprise Dogian later. And this bomb says, quote, I just can't help but mess with humans whenever I see one. Booty is on the offensive, but someone warns him not to. Not yet. That's the big gun. Save it for later. It's too powerful. It would cause too wide scale of damage to everyone but them in the area. Haru now randomly shows up unless again Haru was that rock earlier. And Haru warns Zeha they don't have much time. They better hurry up. Episode 6 starts with Dogion looking shocked to still be alive, laying on the ground in this bloody scene. And he broke his purple shades, which is very extra tragic given the significance of the color purple to army. Nice touch, way to get us emotional. But Dogion honestly looks freaking peachy keen compared to Kyunsu. Kyunsu is such a bloody mess that Dogion, by comparison, is downright emboldened, I don't know. Kyunsu looks way worse, is really, really, really bleeding heavily. And he's kind of lying stuck, kind of looks like a rock fell on him or something like that. Dogyeon seems to get up with this, again, shout out to the illustrators for making such detailed, vivid, emotional characters, but it's like he fills with white-hot rage as he vows to kill every last bomb for vengeance's sake. He's very determined now, like he's not tired anymore. He got this jolt of adrenaline and a sense of purpose his rage propels him to use. We now see a picture that says three months later, and we still see a bunch of smoldering buildings. More chaos the bombs have been wrecking for three whole months. This guy is yelling about how no one told him the bomb would be impenetrable without specific weapons, which is kind of a weird thing to say when every single emergency alert and stuff seemed to warn that any old weapon won't do, so this dude clearly wasn't listening, but whatever. Zeha suddenly appears, no pun intended, but he really is a beast with a sword. It's been three months, Haru's been training him, we can assume, and Zeha's really killing it. Yes, it's a low-grade bomb, but still. Remember Zeha's actions earlier? This is a huge deal. Haru does have that look on his face, like the student is becoming the master, very satisfied with himself, and classic Haru just kind of stands there, passively observing, not getting involved. Two of the bomb mock the one Zeha injured, and there's this really funny image of the injured bomb basically crossing his arms and pouting, telling them don't rub it in, stop making fun of me. Haru tells the guy who was saying, why didn't anyone not warn me about them? To go to safety, they'll take it from here, which again makes me question Haru, like what are you doing? Why are you testing Zeha so much? You're really pushing your luck. Zeha is fighting back well now, but to the point where you're like brushing aside backup? Like come on. Anyway, it seems to help Zeha channel this fighting spirit too, kind of like Dogian did, where he has this new adrenaline rush he puts to use after Haru says, remember, don't lose sight of why you're in this fight in the first place. The bomb then says, quote, I've never fought a human stronger than myself before. So he's really seemingly giving Zeha tons of credit. And the bomb suddenly explodes? There's no other word for it. Explodes. Dogian walks up from behind him. I guess Dogian shot him with a laser or something. He says sorry for sneaking up on them. Didn't mean to scare you. Didn't know anyone was still here. 
I assumed the bomb had driven everybody out of town by now. Dogian then decides to have an attitude for no reason. They say, who are you? He says, quote, I don't see the point of sharing names in this chaos, but I'm Dogian. You smell like a bomb. Are you really a human? And Dogian is holding a gun up to Zeha's forehead. That is where the chapter ends. I'm as frustrated as you. Tune in next week for more. Whatever happens, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Let's shift gears here to a bunch of miscellaneous, pretty rapid-fire headlines. So, so many idols continue to get COVID. Fast-changing situation, but as of recording time, since my last update, here's who's got it. Wan Pill, four members of Just B, Jun Yan Hua from CN Blue, everyone in Gravity, Wan Wu from Seventeen, three members of 2AM, three members of ITZY, Park Wu Jin of AB6, Sun Yu from N-Hyphen, Gun Wu from T1419, Lee Ji Hoon, Kim Jong-Kook, V from BTS, San from ATs, Un Kwan from B2B, Jin Ho from Pentagon, two members of WJSN, Si Yoon from Billy, Lee Soojin from Weekly, Hyo Jun from Oh My Girl, Niju from Lovelies, Jesse, members of the group Tempest, who have yet to even debut, two members of Momoland, Kyuhyun from Super Junior, four members of DKB, Yeonjun from TXT, Woods, two members of Enmix, Heyoon from Cherry Bullet, Miyun from G-Idol, Kim Minju, and Dan from Kingdom. And due to this Omicron surge, travel restrictions, etc., in South Korea, the Groovelin Records Artist Tour, the one I'm hosting a giveaway for still, that is actually now postponed from March to May. Yes, the giveaway will still count. As of recording time, that's the case. If I hear an update about the giveaway from Studio PAV, I will, of course, let you know. Oddly, the Groovelin Records Tour was pushed back two months due to this surge, but the AOMG Artist Tour is still set for this March in the USA. This tour starts March 18th at South by Southwest, so I guess that's why, because you can't postpone if your tour starts when South by Southwest does. Then it ends April 3rd in San Francisco. Tickets are out now, so be sure to check that out so you can see AOMG's best and brightest, Kugi, Sogum, Wu, Davida, and DJ Wagon. Another exciting in-person event. BTS has announced a four-date Vegas residency coming to Allegiant Stadium April 8th, 9th, 15th, and 16th. Livestream capabilities will be a part of the show on the 16th. This is all happening right around time for the Grammys. We love to see it. Fan registration for these tickets ends the 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. More info at Ticketmaster.com backslash BTS. And speaking of BTS, Permission to Dance on Stage in Seoul will be live-streamed to a theater near you, March 12th. More info at BTSPTDLiveCinemas.com. More concert updates. Moonbeal's show will be online and off. She'll be performing from Blue Square MasterCard Hall March 5th and 6th. Treasure's online and offline show will be April 9th and 10th at Olympic Hall in Seoul. Tickets are out now, except online access as of recording time is February 25th through Weverse. Winner's first big group-wide online and offline show in two years is coming to Seoul's Olympic Hall April 30th and May 1st. Tickets will be through the Weaver shop, and those go on sale March 8th, 2 p.m. Korean time. The show itself, on April 30th and May 1st, starts at 5 p.m. Korean time. 
Then there's Red Velvet's live stream show, ahead of an exciting comeback, at South Korea's Olympic Handball Stadium. The March 20th show also has a live stream option via Beyond Live. This show is the 19th and 20th of March, the general sale starting as of recording time tomorrow the 25th. ITZY's rescheduled fan meeting due to COVID cases is still happening and streaming via Beyond Live. From Seoul's Yes24 Hall, April 9th, 5 p.m. Korean time. Yugium is coming to Germany, May 5th, 7th, and 8th. Ticket info at tix.to backslash Germany. MCND is coming to Europe starting April 9th through the 17th. They'll be in the UK, Hungary, Germany, France, Switzerland, and France a second time. More info is at overlook-events.com. TWICE has announced their USA tour is going to keep going on as scheduled, but all of the corresponding promotional activities, meet and greets, etc. they had planned have been cancelled, so that at least they can complete the tour without COVID-related hiccups. Less likely, anyway. Really curious what those meet and greets, how far reaching across the country they were, everything about what they had planned. Hopefully we find out someday and they reschedule. Maybe even just come back and do fan meetings as a separate non-concert tour. You never know. Carrot Land 17's fan meeting is finally back, March 25th through 27th. And the 27th is the one that will have a live stream option. Head to Weavers for more info on that. One Ok Rock and CL are some of the icons scheduled to be a part of Summer Sonic 2022 in Tokyo, August 20th and 21st. Also on the lineup, Post Malone, The 1975, Megan Thee Stallion, Young Blood. It's going to be huge. Excited to see One Ok Rock there. And speaking of my J-Rock faves, Girl Group Bandmade will perform at Aftershock Festival October 9th, the last day is where it's at, with Foo Fighters, Bring Me the Horizon, and Bandmade. Come on, it's all there. Queendom Season 2 is still coming March 31st, and the contestants this year have been revealed. They will include Vivis, Luna, Brave Girls, WJSN, Kepler, and Hyolin. Denise has officially left Secret Number after her contract ended. Top has left YG Entertainment after 16 years with them. Reportedly, he's still going to promote with Big Bang when needed, but he's not really a part of the company. And I know everyone's so excited to hear Big Bang is supposed to come back this spring, but please remember this is YG we're talking about. Take a predicted time, add like three or four months. So probably summer, not spring. That's just the YG way. Hope I'm wrong. We'll see. Kino from Pentagon has joined Instagram. Yuna from Itzy finally graduated high school. Big congrats for that. Yoan from Pentagon is going on a hiatus due to back problems. Luna's Chu is also on hiatus for unspecified health issues, as is Jinjin from Astro. And Jihun from Fromis9. P.O. from Block B is enlisting in the Marine Corps soon. Wanpil is enlisting in the Navy. But on the bright side, Suho is discharged, and Byungwon from Ace, he's enlisting in April, but he will with a special prestige. He's joining KATUSA. Stands for Korean Augmentation Troops. KATUSA is harder to get into. It requires a certain level of English fluency to be accepted. And he's only the second K-pop idol, right after Young K, to ever join KATUSA. Yunbin and Insun are both going to enlist this March. 
Lots of exciting news lately for Ji Yun from Tiara. She's engaged to a professional baseball player, and she signed with a new agency, A&B Group. Also, congrats to Truis of GB9, who announced he's getting married. And congrats to Gummy from Crayon Pop, expecting her second child. Playum Entertainment and Creaker have merged under Kaiko. And so now, A-Pink, The Boys, Weekly, they're all under the same agency. Junwon and Sanu are the new DJs for the radio show Listen, previously a spot held by TXT members. And speaking of both of those groups, their mini-documentary is on YouTube now. Treasure now has their faces on cup sleeves, wrapping, etc. for a collection with Emart24. Over 20 more, presumably more exciting products, are on the way throughout the first half of this year. Speaking of merch, more BTS merch is coming to Nordstrom in the USA. And their company, Hybe's Profits, have reached a personal best, the profit turnover that is, and the operating profits rose by 31% in a calendar year. Hybe is now officially the first K-pop company to surpass a trillion won in annual sales over a trillion won in a year. Both BTS and TXT were recognized with a gold award at the TikTok Creator Awards. Her Hyunjun, aka Hwal from The Boys, now just going by Hyunjun, signed with Blossom Entertainment. B.I. has signed with Wasserman Talent Agency, so he now shares a manager with Ed Sheeran, Coldplay, Billie Eilish. It's really big for him. Here's how many regions new K-pop albums have topped iTunes in. Wan Pill's new album, Pilmography, and Wan Ho's Obsession both topped iTunes in 10 regions. Mark's single Child did in 14, B2B's new album, Be Together, in 21, Treasure's new album, The Second Step, Chapter 1, in 30, side note, it's also sold over 700,000 copies so far, and Jikujin really reached a high view count in record time for them. The previous record of fastest to reach 20 million views was 15 days, now it's 2 days. Taeyeon's new album, I Envy You, topped iTunes in 21 regions, and The Seven Fates Chaco OST in 93. Plus, it became the first ever Korean OST to enter the UK official singles chart. Taeyeon continues to reach some exciting social media milestones. 8 million Instagram followers, 420,000 SoundCloud followers, and 2.5 million monthly Spotify listeners. Twice have now become the fastest Korean act to reach 4 billion with a B Spotify streams, and Hyphen's album Dimension Answer has officially been certified gold in Japan, and view count milestone time. Reaching 30 million views, Dawn's Dawn Diddy Dawn, 70 million, Hyanna and Dawn's Ping Pong, 100 million, twice Scientist, TXT's Runaway, and 17's Very Nice. 200 million, It Sees in the Morning. 300 million, Twice is More and More. 700 million, On Butter and Dope, both by BTS. And Ice Cream by Blackpink and Selena Gomez. Which makes Blackpink officially the act with the most YouTube music videos with over 700 million views each. Plus, their How You Like That Dance performance video surpassed a billion views. Lastly, your action item of the day. If you tend to buy Girl Scout cookies this time of the year, this is your reminder to please get them from Troop 6000, or maybe there's a local version near you. Troop 6000 is all girls from New York City's homeless shelters. 
Bye from Troop 6000. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you all again with a really fun Guess the Song episode and my best of the month recap, other exciting stuff. I've got a lot up my sleeve, so stay tuned. Turn on notifications, get ready. Lots in store. Talk to you all again soon. Bye, everyone.